Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast, episode number one, no, 201. It's all right, it's, it's all right, I can get it wrong, it's fine. Um, we have, uh, well, a couple of all, all right guests today, one's been on before, um, uh, jokes, bans, bans, bans. No, we have two amazing guests today, uh, people will know who it is because they've seen the thumbnail as usual, uh, Nicola Joyce and Tanya Filer, say hello. Hello. Hi. Hi, guys. So, we've got one returning guest. Nicola, this is um, your first time with us, but as as it we is. said prior to the recording, not your first radio, so I'm sure no. you'll, uh, you'll... Well, should we have some fun? Should I we have will. Some fun I'm looking us? forward to it. Good. Um, and we've got, obviously, Johnny. Oh, that sounded awesome. I did just, obviously, the, that fucking dickhead in the corner over there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I wouldn't... I'd never call you that. I think that's probably a bit too far, but um, for those that listened to last week, unfortunately, the the two other lads that we had on with us last week, we've had to drop again because they just weren't up to standard. But hey ho, we have replaced them with two much more amazing people. So um, let's let's see how you both are. How are you both? Obviously, Tanya, we'll start with you just because obviously you have been on before, and uh, for the listeners that are long time listeners, they will probably remember you or already know you. So how are you? I'm good. Yeah, I'm really good, actually. Thank you. Nice, easy bank holiday weekend for me. Um, but yeah, all is amazing. I think, how long is it since the podcast I did? Was it, it must be like two years. I can probably tell you because normally, although it's probably a long way down the list, but obviously on the recording stuff we use on Skype, it'll say, uh, last time we chatted, it's 12th of June, 2019. Yes, yeah, so nearly two years ago. Two years. It's amazing, isn't it? It's a surprise you're still wanting to speak to us after that long. <laughs> Let's see how this one goes. <laughs> um, Nicola, uh, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I'm good. I've had a chilled uh, bank holiday weekend as well. Spent lots of time down the beach. I I see someone has, um, I don't know if acquired was this, not the right word, but acquired a beach hut or is that something you've always had? I've acquired it back. They took them off them. I've had it. I've had it for like six years now, and okay. they took them all off us, the council, to um, renovate them and refurbish them, which mainly involved knocking them all down and building much more smaller ones to make more money. Oh. Uh, but my one was one that they didn't knock down. So yeah, I've had it for a while, but I've got it back now. That's quite cool. I've got a friend yeah. who owns a beach hut at a local beach in kind of North Norfolk. Um, huh? Loads of money. Cost so much money. They own, they own the thing. It's like. Oh, like, they own it. Yeah, we yeah. just went to the council. Yeah. No, it's not too bad, actually. It's not yeah. too bad. It's nice. well, when you've got a summer birthday like me, you've got to have a beach hut if you can, you know. Yeah, I it's think. It's an epic birthday venue. Yeah, it's quite cool. I quite like the idea. Obviously, it's nice. They live near the beach anyway, so yeah. um, I suppose it's good for them to have it like you. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like 75 grand or something. What? Why? Wow. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm not. Don't, don't get me wrong. I have not got 75 grand. <laughs> <laughs> that's what she says I that i'll pay off my mortgage that's um yeah it's ridiculous isn't it how much they cost mm. but i don't know if it's just because of where it is in Norfolk, whether that's kind of a general amount that costs a uh, beach hut but I don't know. we just we just rent them off the council mm. oh. <laughs> well um thank you both for obviously joining us today um i thought let's start let's start with you nicola in terms of just for the listeners mm-hmm. then who may not know who you are do you want to just do a little bit of a uh, two minutes about 
who you are, how you got into yeah. the industry, just a bit about you, whatever you want yeah. to know. Yeah, so my name's Nicola Joyce. If you people know me from socials, they'll probably know me as at the fit writer. Um, reason for that is that I'm a, a prof- professional copywriter and have been doing this since 2004, which makes me feel very old. Well, I am quite old, but it reminds me that I'm old. Um, so yeah, I came into freelance copywriting in 2004 before that I was kind of working in various sort of marketing and writing roles and since I've been freelance I had a stint as a a sort of magazine features writer but as a copywriter I I only write with um, fitness brands fitness businesses I write for PTs and coaches supplement brands apparel brands all that kind of thing and uh, yeah I love it I mean it's what I do full-time it's for me it's amazing because it you know it combines my love for kind of writing and communicating but also it means I get to help the industry that I really love as well because although I'm not a PT myself I do train a lot and I've done various sports at various levels and stuff so yeah and, that is and, me. and competed right and competed yes the so one, yeah I know you know I feel like people always sometimes clients say to me so you've been a PT you know you've been a PT right you've come at that copywriting from a PT background and I sort of say no 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 but I've had PTs I've had coaches you know I'm kind of like you guys I train all the time and yeah this is kind of my my second home really sure Tanya a little bit about you (laughs) so um a little bit about me been into social media marketing for 12 years now long 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 time um started as a social media manager for local businesses quickly moved into helping out um a couple of pts in my area um mainly through the fact that fitness and health is like a bit of a side hobby for me, a bit of a passion. And then from there, I've become almost like accidentally falling into the the role of social media mentor and coach for fit pros, fitness industry, people, solopreneurs. Again, like Nicola, it's a passion that I've managed to combine with stuff that I'm actually good at. So and I've been doing the coaching and mentoring stuff for two years now. Um, Nick and I met on Instagram. Mm-hmm. It was on Instagram, wasn't it? Yeah, it was through Instagram. I now. I don't know. We're going to have to make our origin story up since neither of us can remember it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think we followed each other on Instagram and then met at the team box. We definitely met at the team box thing. Event. Yeah. That's not. Person. That's banned, yeah. by the way. That brand is banned on this podcast, so please don't say that again. They don't exist anymore. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and then through our shared interests, uh, shared values and shared vision, we created um, Nick and Tanya. (laughs) Such an original name. (laughs) Very inventive and creative. Um, Yeah, and our business has been, I guess evolved over the last three years but we've only actually had um like a tangible business offering for best part of what six months nick yeah yeah i mean as with so many people covid didn't help that because i think if covid hadn't happened we would actually have had a tangible product just over a year ago well probably yeah. just over 18 months ago but that was kind of live workshops wasn't it which couldn't have happened so yeah various spanners in the works along the way but we we made it in the end yeah, we pivoted hard. <laughs> yes, we did. I was going to ask you the question about uh, how you two connected 
uh, for want of a better phrase, but obviously you've you've spoiled that now. Uh, <laughs> what what I will I say, can't remember. No, sorry, well, like I say, come up with something really interesting, and then you can yeah. tell that next one. I, I'll be honest. I you know you go to these. Well, I don't know. Maybe you don't. But if you go to the, like corporate style events or whatever, and then like you don't know people, and they say, "Oh, let's have a let's have a bit about people." Then let's have a bit of an icebreaker type thing. It's like when it comes to like a fun fact about you. It's like, yeah, my my uncle used to be the lead singer of Spandau Ballet. Did no, no, he didn't. I just made it up, but it's funny. (laughs) It's it's more interesting than anything I can actually come up with, which is the truth. So um, yeah, I say you can just make something up about how you met. (laughs) We could, we could. Um... I'm not, I'm not expecting you to do it right now. You know, put you on the spot, but I mean, you can (laughs) if you you want to come up with something interesting. What I do say, I think the um, the brand name between the two of you uh, sounds like a really good kind of like comedy. I was gonna say soap opera, but like a comedy show. Nick and Tanya, like Kath and Kim, or yeah, one of that. Yeah, we could do that. (laughs) Kath and Kim, excellent. I don't know what Kath and Kim is. You should watch it. It's really funny. I don't know what it is though, but okay, it's a program. It's Australian. Hmm. Is it old or is it? Yeah, probably mid. Mid nineties, late nineties, like like neighbours style, or actually no neighbours. Yeah, but it's a yeah, it's a bit of a piss take. It's a bit of a retro piss take, isn't it? Yeah, I think you'd like it, Brett. Yeah, you would. The only program I know with two names in it is something called Sarah and Duck, which is what my daughter watches. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Which bus is Sarah? Which is Duck? Um, I'm not sure. I haven't seen it, so you can't offend me. So give me the worst one. Just a cartoon. They just, it's just like. One episode, they just play hide and seek with each other until Sarah can't find Duck and Sarah falls asleep. It's all the Duck. I mean, that's quite similar to us, Tanya. <laughs> Can be, yeah. <laughs> we take it in turns, which one's which. <laughs> just for of all the programmes she watches, I remember it. So I must be that's, a good that's all. Yeah, exactly. It's doing something right, isn't it? It's like you two in there. There's so many fitness markers who talk bollocks. Mm-hmm. You're, only, you're the only two that I'd ever listen to. Hey! Thanks. Thanks. I, I can talk. I can talk bollocks. I can be guilty of talking bollocks sometimes. I can talk a lot of bollocks. I'll say my, my next. My next actual question is going to be around kind of what 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 differs the service or kind of what you guys do compared to other people in the same kind of vein in the industry. And I guess you've just answered it. With, Are you frozen? Yeah. I think he's frozen. Should we just go with it anyway? Because we know what he's saying. Can you hear me? <laughs> <gasps> yeah. yeah. On you go, Nick. Look, well. I mean, I would say that when we first started meeting on you and talking about creating some sort of product, we can't hear you, Brett, you're back, but we can't hear you. Um, I, was, I was on mute on purpose trying to go, uh, uh, can you hear me? But yeah, don't worry. Do you want us to carry on? Yeah, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> He's back, everyone. Yeah, no, I was just saying that when, when in terms of what differentiates us, when we first started meeting up, me and Tanya, we met in a, a local pub, didn't we? Well, a midway pub and talking about the fact that we didn't quite know what we were going to do. We didn't know quite what our product would be, but we definitely knew what we wanted to do, who we wanted to help and how we could do it. Like we were very clear. The first thing we were very clear on is why we, us two should work together because of what we had to offer. And I suppose to distill it, I mean, Tanya, jump in if you want. It's just that we we are different. We don't talk marketing bollocks I don't talk copywriting funnels and sales and all that stuff which isn't necessarily bollocks but it's just not my style I think it's it's that our style is different and we knew that that would resonate 
with certain people in the industry who want to come at their marketing and their content from the same kind of values led place because people like you've said people are very savvy about it now and a lot of them are heartily sick of the sort of bollocks that some of the mentors and gurus talk about and that's definitely not us we we just wanted to keep it real and be like look guys this is what will work this yeah. is what you don't need to do hang on definitely. my dog can come in take over Tanya I'll tell Frank <laughs> yeah so it's I guess the one thing that I want to be differentiated by is the fact that I think Nicola and I are very accessible like our work is accessible um the way that we communicate and the way that we market ourselves and also um the work that we do is it's basically it's non-bullshit it's non-jargon um people don't have to remortgage their house to to work with us that's an Um, important point as well we really wanted to help people essentially because we've both got so much experience um not you know not just in what we do in terms of skills but in the industry as well we wanted to make that as you say accessible to people so we wanted to make sure people could afford to work with us because some of it's just stupid isn't it how much people charge yeah 10 grand for like a 12-week course um, that we cover probably in our downloadable lead magnet yeah yeah I think like this is probably one for the PTs or the people in the industry that are listening but I think for us it's it's an easy there's there's a there's a massive problem in the industry in terms of like people like me and Johnny that are struggling with a certain you know this massive problem and there are these so-called solutions out there like you know the six-figure fit pro type you know fit sales stuff um which a lot of us are savvy enough to know that they aren't the answer for us but we don't know what is the answer i guess that's like where you guys come in you probably see people like us as you know being you know in dipping in and out of the industry in terms of you know what you guys do and think they're people really struggling i want to help them because i know that there's a really good solution for them but they just don't know what it is yet and is it you know that's exactly the same as what a fitness professional like we're doing in terms of we see people struggling with their health their well-being losing weight whatever that you know issue is and we want to help them i guess there's a quite a um a synergy almost there or like a synonym about what you guys do for people in the industry like us to what we want to do with our clients i mean it's no different is it no exactly right exactly right and i don't know about you tony but that's what i always say about why i love working for this industry so much not just because it's my passion and i can sort of talk the language quite easily but because i genuinely think and i know i sound like i'm hyping this up but i genuinely think what you guys do brett and johnny and what all your peers do it is so important it really genuinely is I have such a respect for this industry because it's people's health you know it's not yeah. just transformations and stuff it's people's literally long-term health and you know their their lives and their bodies so yes that is exactly what we wanted to do we wanted to make what we do accessible so we can help more of you it's essentially what it is yeah and I don't think there's anybody that is offering um the kind of stuff that we specialize in it's part of wider courses and part of wider um i guess guru stuff but specifically like content messaging branding um i don't think anybody's really doing that as specific as we are for like your industry not on the um like micro level that we are yeah i I just want to explain obviously when you say the word guru though obviously in in a good way as in you know not not the word guru which we would probably associate with a negative connotation of somebody no. No. I, um 
I'd like to bring it back and maybe a little bit around kind of something you said, Nicola, about obviously being value led. And I think that's a really important point. And I think that's why me and Johnny really resonated with you guys and why we wanted to obviously, you know, pay you to, you know, get, to teach us kind of what, what that means and, and some of that stuff. For those that don't know, do you want to kind of just touch what, what that does mean? Tony, do you want to go? Yeah, so value led. Um, everybody has their own unique set of core values that they live by. A lot of people don't realise what they are, but it's the things that um, create your behaviour, your personality and how people perceive you. And we believe that helping people identify the core values um, of your business and of yourself and leading with that in your marketing, but also leading with it within your business and how you carry on, um, how you project yourself and go about your daily business. That is probably the differentiator for everybody in their own business because the values that you hold are the reason that people work with you, the reason that people connect with you, your friends, your family, peers, the values that you hold and the values that you display, they're the reason that anybody makes a decision on the relationship that they enter with you. So understanding optimizing and promoting those core values and living by those core values within your business um, it creates more ethical and more human focused um, business and marketing yeah and that's a big that's a big thing about what we do isn't it it's human human led everything human led marketing human led branding human led copywriting because it is all about you know, all, all communication, whether it's online, which is a lot of what we help people with, or face-to-face when you're coaching, is all human to human, because that's what you guys do. You're in the business of helping humans, aren't you? So it's got to be about kind of nurturing those those connections, and you can't really do that in a really, you know, authentic, to use that word that's so overused, an authentic way that really resonates with people. You can't do that if you don't know who you are. If you mm. don't know who you are, and you don't know what your business really is. Like, why Why your business? Why are you in business? How do you want to show up in the fitness industry? And that's why we spend quite a lot of time, as you know, from doing the course, digging deep into that stuff. Because from there, you've got this solid foundation. It gives you a confidence, doesn't it, Tanya? Hmm. When you know what your values are, it gives you a confidence. This is who I am. And do you know what? I am different to other people. So it gets rid of that big, big fear that so many PTs have about, oh, you know, the, the industry is so saturated. What makes me any different? Well, this is what makes you different. Yeah. Now you know. People buy people, don't they? Ultimately. Precisely. Exactly that. The players I remember most, not because of the product or the players, but because of the people mm-hmm. that deliver the product. Or like a hotel. You remember a hotel? I remember the person. Because they oh, were whatever. experiences, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Experiences and the... um. The relationship that you build with even even with like with your local corner shops or with supermarkets if there's specific cashiers or um shop workers that you've engaged with at any one point if they say hello to you the next time or if you go into a bar and the barman has remembers your order those kinds of like individual connection points um create loyalty mm-hmm. I went to a hotel in Tunisia in 2015 
and obviously the guy was an Arab. He spoke Welsh to me. Oh wow! <laughs> never, I'll, I'll obviously never forget it. Like, yeah, I went over there into a totally us and them are totally naturally different, different countries, different mm-hmm. everything, religions, everything. And he spoke Welsh. I was like, oh my god, I can't reply to you. <laughs> <laughs> I was, was going to say, Johnny, you don't even know what he said, but. <laughs> I knew he said that time, like, but I think, well, you, I remember the hotel because of him. Yeah, of course. Uh, what well, I mean, I guess, obviously, that that is all the re- let's say the reasons why I think you definitely stand out. I think when I think of other people that try to perform, you know, a similar service to to people in the industry, a lot of it's focused around systems and funnels and pain points and all this type of stuff. Oh yeah, find someone's pain point and then just pick at it until someone wants to take up your service. It's kind of like, okay. Sounds excellent, but I'll be honest, also sounds a bit immoral. I don't, you know, kind of highlighting someone's uh, issues that they have. I know, I know there is always an element of that in kind of sales, but it's just the way a lot of the other people that I've been exposed to um, promote how things should be done. That never really, I suppose, sat with me very well. No. Um, but yeah, I okay. guess. Yeah. Go Sorry, I'm. No, no, no. There you go. Go on, Tanya. I just don't like the word pain points at all. It's something that you visit a doctor or a, like a hospital for is to have those taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, but understanding and identifying problems that your market and the people that you help have and using resonating um, communication messaging and doing it in an ethical way, like you say, picking at somebody's pain point until they give in. It's it's almost like a bully tactic as mm-hmm. far as I'm concerned that you're wearing them down um, and almost shaming people sometimes into submitting or investing into something that they're probably not actually ready for but feel so bad about themselves at the end of it that they think that you're you're the, the saviour. Mm-hmm. Whereas we're very much, I've never liked that kind of approach. Um, getting down on somebody's level and resonating and finding out how you can actually help them um, through. And the only way that you can ever understand that is to have conversations with people. And it's getting to know like your audiences and getting to know the people that you already help. Like client relationships is something that... Um, we touch a little bit on in the course as well is how how do you find out like what your best work is and how you really help people and it's by having deep conversations with the people that you've already helped and they don't necessarily have to be clients if people are brand new into a business there will be people in your life that you have helped at some point um and understanding how to ask better questions and how to have these conversations leads to better marketing message and you then you don't even have to work around people's pain points nick have you got anything that well no but that's a differentiator itself as well isn't it and when you work out what your best work is and how you truly help people and where that connection and sort of yeah that connection and those those conversations happen and why that is also a differentiator that makes you stand out and is different, you know, is unique to you that other people aren't doing. So that's, again, why that is important to get into as well. It's not just about, okay, so I understand this now and that will help me sell or that will help me launch a new product. It may well do, or it will do, but that's never the focus with us, is it? It's about 
again, it's that word foundation. We help people build the solid, solid foundations of just all that good human stuff, connections, conversations, because at the end of the day, especially when it comes to social media and online communication, that's just what it's all about. We're just having conversations. We can't be selling at each other all the time. No, and people are really suspicious. People are really suspicious of um, sales tactics and even sales funnels now. They would much rather avoid anything that looks remotely um, icky sales. Um, but if you just have, like you said, stuff. Yeah, you know. Let's let's be honest. As you know, having done the course, we do have strategy. We do talk about strategy. We don't just waft around. <laughs> and say burning sage and dancing around with each other you know we we are like we do that as well as people <laughs> that's in our own time Tanya that's what we used to do in that pub I think that's why we can't go back there <laughs> it was the sage wafting in, in time with the sage I yeah it was very smoky um <laughs> no but you know we're Tanya and I obviously we're serious business people we both run our own businesses and we we we're not wafty people but what we try and help you guys do through our work is just understand that it doesn't all have to be systems it doesn't all have to be templates and sales outcomes you know it's about building the bigger picture of stuff out of which that will come yeah definitely i think people forget that social element of, yes. of online stuff in the fact that these platforms were only ever originally built to give people a way to connect and have conversations and be social <laughs> or to upload a photograph like a really pretty picture yeah. like that was that was the premise behind the development of these platforms they mm. weren't ever meant for businesses to use as marketing that's just kind of organically happened mm-hmm. um but yeah and people forget that they are channels for creating new relationships and making friends that's it's just making new friends mm-hmm. if you could spend all day every day talking to people you would probably get more clients that way in whatever field you're in than trying to push out some mental ebook or IELTS or you just pay for posting books because mm-hmm. we know what that's going to be about. Because yeah. you talk to people about, oh, I can help you, just do this, this, and this. And then they'll all, they all remember that. They will remember that guy, girl, helped me do this. Now I want help. I'll think of them first. Yeah. I think even, even people who know that interested in marketing especially in the fitness industry you can see it coming from 10 miles away yeah but why what for yeah that's it most people outside of the fitness industry or like who the people that don't use social media for marketing their own business if you say to them i'll download my ebook they'll go why what what why would i want to do that how do i how do i do that can't you just tell me (laughs) Yeah. Can't you just like print it out and and give it to me? Like that's kind of, and it's it's really, it's becoming more obvious and apparent. Like when I talk to people who use Instagram for fun, and they'll go, "Why do you put up all of those long captions? Can't you just make them like small mm-hmm. for a change?" I was like, "Ah, it's interesting." And I regularly ask people, "Do you prefer short captions or long captions?" And like my market is obviously fitness industry people. So I know that they like to read long captions because um, they like to write long captions. But when your market is general public, they want to be going like through war and peace to find out what the calorie 
density and calorie content of a grape is. Like, they give a shit. No, because they want things. I think, I suppose, like anyone in there, you want things as fast as possible. It's what can you do to get their attention as fast as possible that gives them enough information for them to use it and benefit them. That's what exactly, exactly. I, and that's that's why like the aesthetic has been so huge and so popular and has been so detrimental is because that image in itself sells a dream. And that's what people have been led to believe is their own sort of aspiration. Um, so the fitness industry kind of has shot itself in the foot. That's uh... marketing's quite bad, isn't it? I mean, I, I'm, I think it's got worse. The way people market, it's like, poor. You're touching, you're close to the edge, you can't be seeing things like that. Yeah. You've got the top of the pain points, and they're like, you're digging in, and it's like, oh, come on, you can't see things like that. And then, see, I think I think it's got worse as a, as an industry as a whole. And obviously, you've got pox people like yourselves who try and make it better. But like, as an overall, as, but it's like the fitness industry like that we're in. 90% of people are just scumbags. Yeah. <laughs> or, they're, or they're inexperienced and copy the scumbags. Yeah. yeah. So I think you can give them a bit of slack or they just copy people who, who seem successful. Yeah. But then you end up, you have a short-term gain for long-term, uh, long-term pain, but that's just how it goes, isn't it? It's like yeah. you market. You've got to do what's right for, for you, for your business and for your people, ultimately. So there isn't much point copying anybody. No, um, I've never I mean, never gonna be able to reinvent any any wheel here, but there is no point. And that's why we don't like templates and and you know, sort of plug and play solutions or whatever cringe word we're using. <laughs> that works. Why and why would it work? You're not yeah. you know, you're not his business and your clients aren't his clients. So you've got to take it right back to you and that's why we do the values the values led stuff, because that's where it all comes from. Yeah, it's individual. Everything is individual. It's like in the fitness industry, um, coaches will tear down other coaches who dish out like 12-week cookie-cutter plans, as they call them, um, but are quite happy to spend 10 grand on somebody else's cookie-cutter marketing funnel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very good point. <laughs> right. I think one thing that uh, I found... I was going to say really interesting, but probably the term mind blowing might be more appropriate. But the idea of when someone needs to come up with like who 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 is my avatar? That phrase, who do I work with? I suppose like when when we spoke to you about kind of what that means and how we work on creating our own audience and and kind of not creating, I suppose establishing who our audience is. Um, to find out that it wasn't a thirty five to forty five male that's a busy dad that likes to lift was quite, I say, like surprising. So, why isn't it that? Why is why should people be looking at something in a, in a kind of a bit of a, a, a more depth into terms of what their avatar should be? And maybe I should explain this word avatar for people because I guess it might even be um, don't know. But I guess like the word avatar is like the ideal client almost, isn't it? Yeah, target market. And I think if you even just relate it to yourself, um, the things that you buy on a regular basis are they only ever bought? by people exactly like you and it's products and services aren't for one specific type of person so 
by marketing to that specific 25-year-old man who is uh, wanting to put on a bit of muscle. Um, he has this amount of he earns this amount. He lives here. He goes to the gym three times a week. Um, he likes to go to Ibiza on holiday. He watches um, Hollyoaks and he watches Love Island. These kinds of things. They're all just shit. You've, ba- just... you've basically just described Dan Mac there, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's like that message is so... Um, it's surface level, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's surface level. It doesn't tell a story. Mm. It doesn't connect... With it like what can you do with that it's like going into um, a paint shop and just picking out maybe your average like your plain white and then maybe a couple of pinks and maybe a couple of dark blues and then being told to paint a picture of like a countryside landscape it's like well you can't do that with just basic colors and it's the same with marketing you can't create connection and you can't create intrigue and you can't create um need and want through basic information but you can't tell stories with um that that kind of demographic that's like stuff that you can find on the office of national statistics it doesn't mean anything it doesn't tell you anything about the person's like priorities or what they want and need out of life and and why they would connect with you you know that okay he likes going to Ibiza you said right yeah so do I so So does maybe someone's nan the problem what we want to know instead is okay fine he likes going to Ibiza why who does he go with how much does he have to save up for it what does it mean to him how does he stress about it beforehand or is it like his massive break of the year does he miss his family whilst he's away or is he secretly like you thank god you know it's just all these things you have to just know so much more than his favorite color's blue and he likes prawn cocktail crisps i mean really <laughs> he, gets, he gets the train to work and he listens yeah. he listens to joe rogan podcasts on the train right it's so again you know with people as you guys know we we encourage i mean all that stuff is useful it's great to know whether they're man woman whatever and what age and all the rest of it but it's much more important to know again what their values are perhaps how their background has affected how they think about things what they want for themselves in life what they worry about um what their what their lifestyle is and what their schedule and routine is that's the stuff that matters because as Tanya says that's the stuff that will enable you to create really meaningful communication copy anything messaging that will resonate with them because you can't just talk to them about Ibiza and prawn cocktail crisps. <laughs> that's, that's the end of that. I've, I've finished with that already. I've got nothing else to say. You can, know? You write, can you write that down and that can be a post for us? Ibiza and prawn cocktail crisps. Will yeah. do. You can't imagine Steve Jobs and Apple. I'm talking about now. Steve Jobs is dead, isn't he? But I'm talking on Facebook. Are you a 25-year-old female who likes uh, studying? Do you want to buy a MacBook? Or, or he could say, are you a 28-year-old fit pro who um, likes to drink coffee, wears a fake Rolex and um, has a BMW um, on finance? Is <laughs> my latest MacBook. Um, can I tell you, I don't wear Rolex. My BMW is not financed. It's bought and paid for outright, have you know. And mm-hmm. by, I am 28, so I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favourite flavour of Chris? Not prawn cocktail, thank fuck. No. <laughs> Sorry, you're not allowed to buy this product. Oh, no. <laughs> we are not looking for you, Brett. 
<laughs> well, yeah, well, clearly not. Uh, when she, since she said twenty outdoors, she's not talking about me. <laughs> um, you are. Mm-hmm. You, look, just, you look forty-eight. Forty-eight. Yeah, you would do. Yeah. How ages? It's baldest, does. <laughs> um, no, absolutely. I guess, uh, the, the, and I think a lot of that stuff is the really difficult part. And I come from my own experience. A very difficult part for a lot of the people that I find will, what, what people will find in the industry. That's really difficult to think like that because it's just, I guess, well, I it's not what you're supposed to. It was literally like mind blowing to think to to what to, to think to even to think, think to, of an avatar yeah. in in terms of twenty eight to thirty five yeah. bloke with single whatever, and instead to think of him as in terms of his values and his lifestyle and stuff. Yeah, because yeah. it's just it's all you're exposed to when you it's first get into industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody Everybody always says, um, like conversations I have with people, I don't know how to talk to my market. I don't know how to, who are my market? I don't know who I'm talking to. Mm-hmm. I don't know who who I'm, like, who, who do I need to work with? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, all of the stuff that you've been told, told or the misconceptions that you have around your ideal client or your avatar they lead to so much confusion and so much almost um, like pain around using social media. Like a lot of the resistance comes from people going, I have no idea who I'm talking to, what kind of content these people want from me, what I'm good at. So I'm just not going to bother or I'm going to invest 10 grand in somebody telling me exactly what to do. That's why these plug and play systems are so popular because people are so stuck in this. I've no idea who who to talk to or what to do here. So I'm just going to follow what they've done because it's worked for them. Yeah. And also, I mean, I don't know, you guys tell me, but it does strike me that there's there's that mindset on the one side, which is, oh, I've been told this. And so I'll, I'll pay a 10 grand, 10 grand plug and play guru. But the other option, if you don't pay the 10 grand, the other option is you've got to learn, you've got to reach out to someone and learn this stuff yourself. And that's really, really hard slash impossible. It strikes me that a lot of people are out there going, do you know, I can't, this is impossible. It's beyond yeah. me. It's, it's not possible to do it. And again, coming back to why we got together and offered what we offer, that's it's because it is possible. It's so possible. It's not difficult when you've got the right support and you've got someone to just give you a steer and some resources and sit with you and help you through it it's not it's not impossible at all it's actually quite fun yeah I say that I mean did you find it fun interesting like just rewarding to to look at your business and your clients in this way yeah but not to have the the typical you know just focus on a fund and copyright and that's all you need so yeah. not copywriting is clearly you need it and mm-hmm. you always have a funnel of some description you know but mm-hmm. you laid down the principles first because otherwise nothing works is it yeah best facebook ad network in the background if you don't know what you're speaking to then you may as well just throw it on a dream mm-hmm. yeah exactly and that that's like the beauty of um the stuff that we go through is that it it's the basics that everybody else seems to yeah. over and forget. But those basics, they are the foundations of um, online marketing. It's the basics that are far from basic. <laughs> I, I, I think I, I see it a little bit. And, and 
I don't know if it's too crude of an analogy, but I suppose I, I do see it a little bit like some of the stuff that you see from other people are very much kind of like the macro, the macro coach based equivalents of here's here's some macros go follow them, as opposed to someone that actually knows how to coach and realise that it's, there's a lot more nuance and context and kind of in depth relationships that have to happen to, to kind of actually coach someone. I think I, I see that as as kind of you know a good analogy for I guess the stuff that you guys are doing and compared to what some of the stuff that's out out there. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. Because Nicola and I have got a lot of experience, not just in fitness business um, marketing, but other industries as well. So the way that we work and the way that we have built our businesses have been online, offline, with fitness industry pros. I've worked with um, construction industries. I've worked with... um, big accountancy firms I've worked with celebrities the principles I can categorically say are exactly the same for everybody so it's not and I'm not teaching you and Nicola's not teaching you her method these are principles that are fundamental for every industry they're the things that you would be taught at um I guess educational kind of um providers would give you these basics and then you apply the tactics and everything else around it but and that's when marketing becomes individual and it becomes completely and utterly you look like yours you own that message and that marketing and nobody can copy you because it is uniquely yours you shouldn't be able to repurpose or reproduce that method that exact same method for somebody else it shouldn't work for them yeah. Yeah. And that's why, you know, the, the course that people can come on with us, it is a course, it is structured, you definitely do get resources, and you definitely do get like, measurable things out of it that you will see different in your business. But it won't be the right, it won't be the same every time, because it will depend on who's on the course with us. Of course, we, we know what we're going to do. And we, we know what touch points we're going to have. But we, it's partly mentoring, isn't it? You know, we we let it be guided by who's on it and what they need to do. Because like Tanya says, we don't, I don't have a system. My God, if someone asked me what my system is, for what? <laughs> I mean, I sort of have systems for client work that I do, of course, to make it quicker. Um, but I certainly don't do templates and shit like that, even in my copywriting business. I don't believe in it. No, no, definitely not. And there's always that element of... Um when we're coaching people getting them to find the answers for themselves like that's the beauty of it everybody knows what their best work is and everybody knows what they want to do but there's this resistance of yeah but I don't think I can do that because I don't see anybody else doing it (laughs) yeah or sometimes uh, we won't we won't talk about who it is but we're mentoring um someone one-on-one at the minute or two two to one I suppose it would be one one of them and two of us and this person has a couple of times sort of said, oh, I don't know if this is too much. I feel like this is a bit, like I went a bit too far here. And they didn't. They went exactly far enough. And their results, literally, in terms of clients coming on board, income, all the rest of it. And that's just from, I think, as you said, that that beautiful thing where someone knows what they should be doing, really, but they feel a bit too shy or they think it's a bit cringe or whatever the resistance is. And they've just got personal people with us there going, ah, that's right. That's what you should be doing. Do it. Yeah. Do yeah. It now. <laughs> and it's it's great to see. It's amazing. 
I guess that goes into one of the questions I had around like this idea. I mean, it, it links also with the value piece, I think, but kind of the 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 positives or the kind of the key point about being purpose driven. And maybe you can explain mm-hmm. kind of what is being what what do I mean by being purpose driven? Yeah. Nick, this is this is your big this is your big thing, isn't it? So purpose is the reason why. Um, you do things um, with your business. It's the reason you chose to go into the industry or the field that you have because of the difference that you want to make. And we believe that helping people uncover their true purpose with the work that they do um, creates better impact for them, for the people that they help, but also for industries as a whole. So being purpose-driven means understanding where you want to be, who you want to help along the way, and the way that you want to do it. So it's kind of like a mission statement and a values statement and your vision. But encompassing that and promoting that and telling people that that's what you do um, invites other like, like-minded people on the journey with you. And the impact that that creates um, is exponential. When you think about, like, Brett, the reason that you got into nutrition and why you chose to do that, that should be the reason that drives you to do the work that you do and to want to help people. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Absolutely. I think the whole the whole purpose driven thing. I mean, it's a wider. It's not even a wider industry thing. It's a wider, all industries thing. Whatever that would be. It's, it's a global thing, and it's, yeah. it's kind of if you think about how marketing and how brands really were in terms of behaving in the nineties, possibly even later. It was very much a one way street, wasn't it? A one way conversation. It was I'm the brand. I say this. This is what I'm selling, and this is what I do. And consumer, you don't really have a voice because obviously social media wasn't a thing we, we couldn't talk up or at or with our brands so but now obviously with socials it's a two-way street and that's how it should be you know the consumer can talk just as much at the brand as the other way and that's where being purpose-led has come from you know because if as a brand you know what you stand for you know what difference you want to make either in your industry or in the world at large with sort of environmental stuff or political stuff even you know it does matter because you're trying to connect with people on the level of their everyday life and people don't just brush their teeth with Colgate or drink Pepsi or whatever it is people have full big lives with you know thoughts about all sorts of things and they do they do want to buy from and affiliate themselves with brands like them really even if it is just a toothpaste I think it really helps that when on a smaller level, like small brands, um, and even like with Nicola and I, we have very, I guess, public displays of what matters to us, like what our causes that we like to support are, what our purpose is. Like we want to be accessible for everybody. We want to make sure that fairness comes into everything. We're very much driven by justice and fairness and we have strong not political leanings but very strong humanitarian um leanings we 
like to fight the same kind of fight and it attracts when you're vocal about the things that matter to you when you talk about your purpose when you talk about um your vision for the world what matters those people that have that shared story or that shared purpose or cause will come along with you it doesn't matter what you're selling um they'll support that message because it's what they're fighting for or what they care about as well big brands that do this really well are like patagonia um they're one of the best at this kind of what matters to them um who else who are the other b core uh, specifically in fitness like gymshark are becoming a b core company i think your innocent smoothies your love for innocent smoothies as well yeah. <laughs> of course of course but there's some huge like wellness brands that are on board with the b corp um scenario and that is you couldn't you can't get more purpose driven than the b corporation companies who are who have purpose and cause and charity at the very heart of everything that they do they're not driven by financial shareholder um promises they're driven by purpose and again from you know bringing it back to the fit pros who'll be listening to this it comes back to that human led thing because you are a human and your client is a human so why on earth wouldn't you actively try to show your humanness and connect on that level why why wouldn't you you know you're literally a human coaching a human so that all that stuff has to matter doesn't it yeah and I think people are frightened of of talking about that kind of stuff because yeah. they think it's they either think it's unimportant or they think that it's going to turn people off and yeah, it's not about business so you shouldn't be talking yeah. about it yeah and it should turn people off like you only really want to work with people that have the shared vision values alignment purpose that that you do yeah I'm smiling because I can remember in one of our early meetings writing down a list of people we didn't want to attract <laughs> yeah <laughs> which yeah. I've still got in a notebook somewhere yeah and I don't think we have attracted any of the people on that list thank you thank <laughs> the lord yeah and there's also, there's also like bigger I guess I've been um looking online a lot like the people that I follow and the people that I follow who they follow and some of the I've had to almost second guess do I still want to follow this person mm-hmm. when I see the kind of content that they're interacting with and aligning themselves with it's yeah. like because that just the mutual follow mm-hmm. to me looks like a shared value or a shared um opinion or thought yeah mm. yeah and i guess a lot of us probably have similar thoughts around that and i get i mean it's obviously absolutely natural that people will evolve and change over time you know relationships people grow apart all that type of stuff and i suppose the world of social media and the people you associate with is there's, there's absolutely no difference there um so mm. I, I mean i've certainly had similar thoughts in that and I, and, I, and also conversely i've had similar things where i've grown closer to people as i've seen more and more of them associating in different things that are like aligned with my values as such which you know so there are i guess it's just how people how, how things change for want of a better phrase i guess mm-hmm. um for those that obviously i guess know that so that if people have sorted their values and kind of understand the idea of what their purpose is and things do you think it's a good idea that they know what like anti-values are yeah 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 we this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i think knowing the stuff that pisses you off um your anti-values is 
a massive benefit. Nick, what I think you wrote quite a bit on the course on this particular thing. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember what I wrote, but um, it's a fun thing. First of all, it's a fun exercise to do um, because I think we all find it maybe easier to get into a flow of just brainstorming what your anti-values are, which, as Tanya says, is basically what pisses you off. Um, but it's, it is helpful as well in your sort of forming your branding and your messaging and, and communicating with people because just as your values help you know how you do want to show up and how you do want to connect with people your anti-values keep you very focused as well on where you don't want to go and where you don't want to waste your time basically and where you don't want to make connections because that that stuff will never work you know if you spend time and energy maybe even cash um forging connections with someone who basically represents something that just doesn't sit well with you it's not going to end well it's not going to benefit you so knowing your antifellows and plus it makes for some wicked content yeah <laughs> face it knowing what pisses you off what conversations piss you off what themes and topics pisses you off it makes for some very easy and also fun and engaging content so if nothing else do it for that yeah i think it's well it, it helps people identify their true core values some people struggle with knowing what their real values are. Yeah. So by identifying the things that piss you off, you can generally get clues around the stuff that does actually matter to you. Mm -hmm. I think starting with anti-values and going, this is the shit that I hate, that I don't like this in other people, or I don't respect it. So if that's like a, a an anti-value, what is like the polar opposite of that that resonates with, with you and how you live your life values is a tricky one as well because people tend to write down the things that they want to be mm -hmm. rather than the things that they are um a value should be something you can evidence um in your behavior how you run your business how you live your life how you parent um, yeah. how you are in relationships how you were at school as an employee those kinds of things you should be able to evidence those values yeah your core values rarely change really through life do they from even from childhood no. I mean they might fluctuate a bit like the top three or five might kind of change their order a bit quite clearly as you go through stuff in life and, and stuff's happening to you or whatever but really you know someone who feels very strongly about fairness was probably a very fair child um you know because these things don't come from nowhere they come from you know they are what make you they, they are what make you you yeah they're they're born out of experiences but also your environment and mm -hmm. um nurturing values are something that we learn and respond to i think it's it's the way that we learn to respond to stuff and our highest true values definitely should be able to be reflected in childhood um if not early adulthood for sure well, I think um, you've got a couple of fanboys here that are uh, very, very, well, we value what you guys have done for us. So big thank you from me. Uh, Johnny, I think, I think what a couple of, two or three weeks in, I shared some feedback, didn't I, about, um, uh, what was it your verbatim you said, Johnny? Best course you've ever done or something along those lines, I think was the words yeah. you used. Those are the words, I think. So, um Thank you guys. I mean, we really appreciate it and we appreciate, you know, all your support along the way, but we also appreciate you being on that course you were on because, you know, you were great input every week and, you know, your 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 input was greatly valued and I know you helped a lot of the other guys on the course as well, so thank you. I know, I know you like me talking about coffee anyway, at least. 
Yeah, always, always. So I've, I've just I've just spent another. No, I'm joking. So I've just spent another twelve hundred quid on another machine, but I'm, I'm, I haven't. But I am planning to. Don't tell the wife. Are good you? Job, good job. Well, I'm, I want to. I just I need to find the right time, or at least give enough of a um, a buffering period between purchasing the last one to make it worth feel like it's worthwhile. Are you going to keep the old one? Why are you looking at buying it, Johnny? Easy. No. He's, well, if you can, if hundred quid, I'll buy it off you for. Hundred quid? You're joking, aren't you? Well, you can use it. I'd, I'd rather smash it up with a sledgehammer than sell it for hundred quid. Well, well, then there we are then. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, no, <laughs> no. Oh, Johnny, I'll tell you what. When you come round, I'll I'll make you a, I'll make you a cup out of it, and then you can make me an offer after you've tasted, you've sampled it. Okay. Yeah. One thing I'm willing to bet right now, Brett. Is that you? You never drink coffee out of your lovely blue Nick and Tanya mug that we sent you. Well, I did because it's you... a bit plasticky, isn't it? Well, I just don't. Think it's good enough for your coffee. I, w- I don't like to say, but no, I I actually did. You saw me go around with it. I actually tagged you on Instagram saying that I did actually use it. <laughs> um, I made a I made a lovely uh, filter. I can't remember what what bean I use now, but I used a lovely filter out of it and had a nice walk in the in the fields and the sunshine. So it was very nice. Yeah, I remember that. He I did. do remember it, but I just assumed there was maybe just like water BCAAs. in it. <laughs> yeah, BCAAs. <laughs> Honestly, you know, I uh, as my t- maca root and test booster stuff that I take every day. <laughs> um, I no. half the notebook up already. Have you? Love Unfortunately, that. it's not fitness related. Oh. Doesn't matter. But it is day job related. But it's Excellent. Uh, just happy that you've you've <laughs> used it. Yeah. I have. I have. I've used mine, like I said, for content creation. That's why I've been writing down all kind yeah. of like some ideas and stuff. So it's a nice book. To- totally, uh, totally different subjects of the use hmm. of the Nicolania notebook and pen. <laughs> if you're going to sign up for the course, that's just one reason, isn't it? Uh, uh, alone. Yeah, and, uh, a nice book and a that, pen. We, that we give yeah. you. Yeah. Amazing swag. All lovingly bubble wrapped by myself. Don't talk to me about bubble wrap. I cannot you believe. Can- Insulate your house with the amount of bubble wrap that you bought. I could wrap myself in bubble wrap and roll myself down a mountain and emerge with no bruise because I bought so much bubble wrap. (laughs) It's in my attic. It's the only place I can store it. So please, for the love of God, someone sign up to our course so that I can get rid of this bubble wrap eventually. (laughs) (laughs) It's for no reason. (laughs) I, I... I want to say thank you to you both, honestly, genuinely. It was, um, well, not only just for today, but obviously for uh, the amazing value. For anyone that hasn't um, or, or hasn't already started following you or whatever, do you want to shout out like, your socials and stuff? Um, or the best way to contact. So if people want to, to start to connect, then uh, sure. they can do well, so. In- Instagram is at Nick and Tanya. Um, that's really the best way to get us, isn't it, Tanya? Yeah, well, Nick and Tanya at gmail.com. That is also us. We'll, uh, we'll try and link it under the show notes. That's me, by the way, not yeah. we. And if I remember, <laughs> but I, I will try. Please do, please do, please do. Um, and uh, individual ones as well, if people want to yeah. kind of see the pedigree behind mm-hmm. the uh, joint brand. Yeah, you get a lot of walking content on Tanya's stories and you get a lot of dog, dog-led dog content on mine, I think. And beach huts. <laughs> and beach huts, yeah, yeah, yeah. The evolution of the beach hut as I uh, as I put it back together. Um, <laughs> and did you see, by the way, that you can now auto um, caption your stories 
on Instagram. I did see you say that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, speaking of accessibility. Mm-hmm. I think that will make a huge difference um, purely for the fact that as people go back to work and things go back to normal, people can't yeah. watch with the volume up now. So having mm-hmm. um, closed captions on stuff, massive um, bonus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, it annoys me having Johnny's thinking what the hell does this even mean, but it annoys me that I have to, if I'm telling a story that I actually want people to pay attention to, as in it's not just kind of filler content or just like my personal life, um, I have to st- like stop after every, you know, obviously it records your four 15 second blocks or whatever. I have to stop after the fourth one and then write out captions on each thing almost. It's like that's yeah. so annoying. Not captions, but like yeah. make key points so that people can kind of think, oh, actually, I'll, I'll actually listen to what you're saying or I can at least get the st- the, the main key points through the story yeah, the based on reading yeah. it. Yeah, but, so that'd be nice. Yeah, might try that out. Although I must admit, now I say that, I've, I've seen people use their own, like, I suppose, add-on software on their stories and i think what a wanky bastard that looks terrible so maybe i don't know if i will but i'm being really judgmental there (laughs) maybe it's the people using it i've seen and not the fact that's been used i don't know yeah maybe maybe that's what's coloring your opinion of the uh software rather than the actual yeah and now (laughs) and now i've said that it makes me sound even more judgmental but never mind um before you do go because we've obviously only got 10 minutes before the infamous line of duty starts and obviously everyone can't wait to find out who h is um sorry that could be me yeah yeah good you're right um it's not me i if spoiler alert it's definitely not me say that though wouldn't you no comment (laughs) Uh, johnny johnny's face is the living embodiment of no comment just look Johnny's Johnny's basically saying I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Because oh. <laughs> I'm betting now. I'm, I'm betting now he's never. So I'm staying off social media for 24 hours because oh, I can't watch it tomorrow. So. No. Oh no! I know. Oh, Johnny, your face. You look truly no. worried for me. That's because she was going to text you throughout. To, to kind of... Sorry. <laughs> Before before you do go though, um, I yes. would like to just ask some non-fitness related questions or non-topic related questions, I suppose, because um, they're not really non-fitness actually. Now I've said that, um, Tanya, you've obviously been exposed to these before, so I'm going to rearrange or change the questions that we uh, asked last time, so you don't get asked the same ones again. Uh, and I'm going to steal because basically I'm unprepared the fitness award section that we did on our podcast last week to find out what your answers will be. So um, let's start with Nicola. Nicola. What's your what's your favourite protein bar? Um 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 I don't really have one. Oh no, I do have one. The PhD ones. Smart bars. Smart bars. Any yeah. particular flavour? So if that's a bad answer, I'm sorry. I'm no? not really a, a bar aficionado, but yeah, they're all right. No, that's that's they're they're a decent enough solid range, I would say. Um, yeah, yeah. A, a particular favour flavour or just any of them? Yeah, there's a dark chocolate and raspberry one, I think. Oh, I'm not sure. No. Chocolate, chocolate and fruit is not for me generally. <laughs> it sounds like a bit of an oxymoron but okay tanya um i like the warrior supplement one that you gave me yeah. the discount code for yeah. the peanut is it peanut butter one dark, dark peanut chocolate crunch? peanut butter yeah oh yeah it's amazing they are good i would actually probably say i i concur that is up there is probably the best or certainly in the top two or three i think of my favorite bars and they are quite similar to phd smart bars actually but I think yeah they that, are very similar yeah, but no that, that's my favorite that good. good answer um nicola favorite person in fitness me me say me tani filer oh, <laughs> is she in fitness though is she really in fitness or is she more in social media um she's in social media 
My favourite person in fitness at the moment is this guy called Brett. (laughs) (laughs) Now, who do you really mean? Nutrition. You can say Um, who you mean. I have a lot of faves. I love Tom McMillan from um, The Busy Man's Coach. Tom is an old friend of mine, and I'm always super-duper impressed with how much he's done and achieved at quite a young age still, and he's packed with integrity. He's such a nice guy, and he's just driven by helping other people whether it's his clients or his his own mentees now so yeah i'm gonna to say tom okay tanya is yours gonna to be tom as well not that tom different tom yeah actually tom blackman yeah. um good shout yep he is he's just a really bloody nice guy um he's doing incredible stuff through his gym through his coaching through his books um and someone that has like very high level of integrity um mm. I don't think I don't think there's ever any doubt around not just the content that Tom puts out, but how he represents himself and his business. I think he's um, definitely an unsung hero of the, the fitness yeah. industry for me. Good. Nice. Um, okay. Nicola, favourite client? Favourite client? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly not sure I can choose, mainly because, well, partly because I've got so bloody many actually do you know what there's a guy who i'm not sure many people um will know because he's not particularly that much on insta a guy called joe webb coach joseph webb he's a long time client of mine i do a lot of content for him i do a lot of um kind of client testimonials and social proof and he is just a super duper lovely guy and his wife's lovely too she's also in the industry she coaches women um they've got two lovely boys yeah i'll go with joe hi joe He'll be listening. I'll tell him to listen. To so it. you're going to have to now. Yeah, you're going to have to sh- <laughs> he will. shout out. Um, Tanya, favorite client? Uh, my favorite client is um, my boyfriend. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I I suggest there's. I have to say that. Really. Yeah, there's a bit of a conflict of interest though, so I'm not sure it's going to be allowed. But okay, we'll we'll let it go. Um, I'm going <laughs> to. I think Tanya, it's unfair that you're getting advance warning of the question, so I'm going to go back to you now. Favorite exercise? Oh. So my favourite exercise that actually does, has the biggest impact is Bulgarian split squats. But I don't like them. In fact, I hate them with a passion. But my favourite exercise to do, because I find them quite easy, oddly, is the burpee. Oh, okay. Stinking. So that is. That is a stinking. Like, because I'm the size of an ant. You're already near the ground. You've just yes. leaned down a bit. Yeah, exactly. How tall are you? <laughs> Two foot three. I'm five foot and a fag butt. <laughs> um, I would also say uh, Bulgarian split squats ha- are a good answer in that they're like completely inversely proportionate to how good they are for you and how much you like them. Yeah. Yeah, they're just nasty, disgusting things. But they, I, I can honestly say they feel like they instantly work. <laughs> yeah. Nicola, what is your favourite exercise? Well, as you may or may not know, I do CrossFit these days. Yeah. So I should probably say like a double dumbbell devil's press burpee overhead snatch or something or, with, or with just like a acronym, unders. like a yeah. D-flob or something, which no one knows what it is. But I'm not going to say that because it's not true. My favourite exercise is just deadlift. I'm sorry, but I love deadlifting. I do like a bit deadlift. Oh, okay. Any, any particular one? Any particular? Is it conventional? Just a normal or? one. Yeah. Just a traditional one. Yeah. 
That's funny. I um, we had a conversation. Was it last week? Week before? No, a couple of weeks ago. And Johnny said, uh, "Don't do conventional this and haven't done for a number of years now." Oh, but long story. No need to worry <laughs> too much too now. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, let's 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 stick with you, Nicola. What is your favorite okay. favorite protein ice cream? We need done Yeah. Um, I haven't really had many of them. The oh. last one I had, I don't know, is it a protein one? Is Halo Top? Yeah, that's that's the sort of range yeah. I'm talking about, like your, you know, your low calorie, high protein versions. Yeah, so I'm, I'm sorry, guys, I haven't probably haven't eaten in a deficit for about six years. <laughs> Are you suggesting just, you can only have these foods when you're eating in a deficit? I'm not, because if it fits your macros, it fits your macros. No, um, just I, I think it, to be perfectly honest with you, Brett, it's because when I was bodybuilding, as in competitive bodybuilding, I was that person who I did do it if it fits your macros, but not really. It was just another way to be obsessive about my food. And I did the whole how low calorie can I make it whilst also eating in humongous volume of food. So I kind of put myself off stuff like that. I hate to say it. No. No, so, I think, I think you know what? Normal. I've got a half-eaten tub of dairy milk ice cream downstairs. Very nice it is too. I'm probably going to eat it after this. the other half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what's yours, Tanya? Um, I'm not really an ice cream fan, to be quite honest. But if when I was in my calorie deficit photo shoot prep, um, I went down the route of Jude's ice cream, mm. low-calorie Jude's yeah. ice cream, because it just tastes like normal ice cream i tried halo top a couple of times but it just tasted like arse <laughs> didn't taste like ice cream at no. all and for nearly what five pound a tub yeah it's ludicrous isn't it That's yeah ridiculous yeah i'm a bit disappointed that you said graham's because like two quid in little aldi or something it actually is you know quite a nice ice cream it's actually creamy yeah, rather than Yes, like a dairy farm Ooh. one. Graham's is called. The brand is called Graham's. No, but... no. you might have seen it. You might have seen it. They they do um, little protein pots like Arla protein style ones as well, and the things in like most major supermarkets and things. Oh yes, no, I do. Yeah, no, I know who you mean now. Yeah. I didn't know they did ice cream. Yeah, they I'll do. Check that. Little little seller. I said they're like two quid, and uh, we'll say good macros, and they actually taste like a decent ice cream rather than like ice. But, uh, last question, <laughs> and obviously, God, this is so close to nine o'clock. Favorite form of cardio? Either of you go. Favorite form of cardio? Yes. Uh, well, I mean, obviously, anything can be cardio if you do it, you know, fast enough. Uh-huh. But if you're talking cardio machines, I love the rower. Okay. I love the oh, I don't like any of that. I've actually specified to my PT at the moment that I don't want to go anywhere near any of that. So I've got nice little conditioning finishes yeah. um, to do. And the one that I'm loving at the moment, dumbbell snatches step ups and butterfly sit ups like five rounds for time at the end of like a, a leg workout CrossFit, Tanya. yeah yeah I do crossfit now nice yeah <laughs> i do crossfit yeah well thank you hopefully that's a bit of fun and uh, to end obviously what is what is obviously a very interesting but also a very serious podcast because it is serious stuff and i think hopefully a lot of the pts that i know because obviously we, a lot of our audience are pts and that listen so hopefully it'll be some good value for them so thank you both yeah absolutely thank you for having us thank you so much thanks for coming on we'll uh we will speak to you very soon then okay take take care see you later thank you for listening to the nnn podcast if you enjoyed the show please help us by rating on your podcast provider sharing with your networks so we can get our content out to more people see you next week 